want to thank everyone for tuning in to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. And thank you for continuing to share the show with your friends and, you know, co-workers, wherever you happen to know and enjoy podcasts. Um, while you're sharing it, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, where our show originates from, anywhere that you can give us a five-star rating would be appreciated. It helps us climb up the metrics and be able to bring more content to you. And if you've always wondered, hey, what do they look like while recording the show? Well, for almost a year now, we have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city you can interact with uh, fellow listeners you can interact with us you know what we just have a great time every week hanging out and being you know just the nerds that we are we all have a lot of fun we would love you to join us twitch.com forward slash geek in the city as always the podcast will always be free and let's get it started right now why is it Apparently, I'm going through puberty here. <laughs> Why the hell? Seven hundred ten of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Spinarita. And I am your other other host, uh, Cable Washington. Howdy, y'all! Howdy, howdy! <laughs> oh boy, we are Hi. we are having a time that of was, it, aren't we? We are having a time of it for sure. Uh, it is. My time of it is of my own, you know, my mistake. Yes. Stayed up too. Choices were made. Yeah. Yeah. So I have no one to blame but myself. Mm. (laughs) Same. Uh, Yeah. How's everybody else doing? I also uh, can only blame myself. Uh, Coming in hot from being out of town for work. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Sunday busy all day monday was gonna be my my rest day and like i don't know maybe clean my goddamn bathroom because it's fucking filthy nope <laughs> no just, just 11 hours out on the town good for you mm-hmm. still got it yeah that sounds wise um i mean it was great I feel like crap today yeah and i didn't do any of the things that i was supposed to do to like take care of my household does it christian works from home yeah, yeah, he works, works full time from home, and he actually, uh, like, we no, talked the, about this. I think he does the lion's share of the he housework. Does, yeah. I remember when I was there, he would. Mm-hmm. Um, he asks so little of me, and yet I, I and you give so little back. I don't yep, know. yep, and I still cannot uh, <laughs> meet demand. Uh, I remember when he would take personal music breaks. Like I'd be in my room doing something, all of a sudden I just hear a little mini concert <laughs> moving through the house. <laughs> I don't think he's doing a lot of those these days. He's been really busy. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, what about you, Cable? How's your, you know, Fortnite been? I don't play Fortnite. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Um, I started at uh, started work at Scaregrounds on Friday. Worked through. I'm sorry. I am cable at three these days mm-hmm. um, because I spend scaregrounds being cable at eleven. Right. So when you're not there, it's the slowdown. Yeah. I'm like, yep. I'm conserving all of that energy. Um, I'm fine. <laughs> Uh, 
Sunday, I think, was the hardest day because I got home. I got I got to bed Saturday night mm-hmm. by 1 p.m. I was up at 6 a.m. to get ready for work. I got to work by 7 a.m. I worked until 5 p.m. Went to Scaregrounds, worked until 11.30 p.m., got home and back in bed by 1 a.m. to wake up the following morning to go into work. Oh, no, I didn't have to wake up and give you my... I got to sleep in until 10. That's that's something. But that was... Sunday was a very, very long day. Are you going to give yourself, like, three days off when the season's over? Like, put it for time and be like, I'm going to sleep. I'm not. You, you should. I mean, I I have a normal weekend. I actually don't have a weekend again until the second weekend of November. Because oh, yeah. Scaregrounds is still open uh, that first weekend of November. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them are now extending through, like, Dead for Dead. Yeah. Which is weird. It's, it's- because it's not Halloween. It is, it is not Mexican Halloween. But, it's, but it does say the word dead in it. So. Yeah. It's more of a religious holiday than anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. well so even Halloween. that is, is a so, weird way of... Not, not American commercial Halloween. No, it was a way to integrate pre-colonization traditions into Catholicism. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, like most of our holidays are now. But, yes. Right. Yeah. Easter. Yeah. But all of Christmas. Arbor Day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we might be all being a little bit slow, but yeah, be a little report from the first weekend of Scaregrounds. Mm-hmm. Bean got to do a day at Lovecraft Film Festival. Yeah, yeah, a day. Yeah, I know. Day. And then we've all seen some some spooky movies and. And it's funny, like, I didn't watch any on the list. I watched just two I hadn't seen ever before. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even think to check them. So. Oh, I just realized I don't have my program with me. So I better pull that up so we can talk about Did you that. guys hear that? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I don't know what that was. Ghosts. Well, welcome, ghosts. Uh, all right. Well, where do we want to start? You want to start with how Scaregrounds went? Sure. Um, I like the character. That's a cool makeup. Still meant well, but it looks cool. Okay. So I'm going to clarify some things. One, I am not a character yet. Um, Oh, that was... Oh, okay. I went in... Give me a second. Um... Scaregrounds is not Fright Town. Fright Town is not Scaregrounds. They operate in very different ways. Sure. So I am learning the ins and outs of how they operate. Um, I will say that, uh, like, there are some things about haunts that are, will always be the same. Like, oh, gee, everything breaks down on the first night. Yeah, that sounds about right. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think I had a half an hour where the coffin ride, which I'm that that's my job there is I host the coffin ride mm-hmm. and it went, it was buggy for half an hour. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, night two and night three, 
it's smooth sailing. Didn't have a problem with it at all. Um, I spent most of September workshopping in my head and around the store here at Guardian. Um, what my character was going to be, how I was going to sell it, using this whole car salesman motif and yeah. doing a Christopher Lee impersonation. And but I had figured out the the voice and the mannerisms. They have a character in mind. Right. They're like, oh yeah, whatever you want to do. So I've been trying to like from whole cloth put together something. Um. Like I picked out some costume pieces the week that we were scheduled to open. Had never met with any makeup people, so they that was done on the fly. Wow. Okay. So um, Hmm. my makeup for day one and day three was the same makeup artist, and I had a different makeup artist who did a different interpretation on night two. Um, So he's not a character. I have no name for him, and I have. Also, both night one and night two, I did not stick to the the character that I had developed. Mm-hmm. I cycled through four different voices, including Manuel and George Trakay. Um, yeah, I heard that too. That's so weird. It's just it. It's just like every so often, echo, echo. The ghost of the machine is like, I'm yes, turning unmute. It's unmuting you. The ghost is unmuting you. Real, oh, is that what's happening? Because mm-hmm. that—that's what causes the feedback is when we're not when our individual machines are not muted. Are not muted. Okay. So the ghost is unmuting. Weird. Um, or you're a sister of Dathom and you never knew it. Is your ancestors repeating what you just said from the past? Why the fuck aren't we? We need to talk about that tonight too. Um, oh. Oh. All right, Ahsoka. Yeah. Holy shit. Anyway. Night three, I abandoned all attempts to try to stick to a character, stick to a bit. I just turned my own personal personality up to 11, and I was cable in makeup and a costume. With full cable? Yes. Like full cage? I mean, granted, my intent was to turn it up to 11. I was still probably about an 8 because I was tired. Mm-hmm. It was a long day, but I've realized it's like, oh, that's that is actually all I need to be. So I may come in with my own makeup and do my own makeup this okay. weekend. We'll see because I have a different idea in my head and I want to try it out um, before going to their makeup artist and going, can you recreate this? Right. So we'll see. We'll see so, how that goes. Okay. Um, aside from that, it went well. Like, uh, we had like 600 tickets pre sold Friday nights, okay. and we had a thousand people come through. Wow. Um, we had a thousand tickets sold for Saturday night. We had 1,500 people come through. I didn't hear numbers on Sunday, it was probably about 800 at max. That's really good. For opening weekend. Yeah, they're usually not that busy, are they? As no. a rule, most places are not that busy. Like, it kind of heard it's like, it was a very busy night, all things. And I, I made a point of going, thanks for being part of, you know, beta testing, essentially, because everything was going to break. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, we get that. Right. We're still here to have fun. And to have fun. Well, this feels like the first year since, I don't know, 2019 that, like, the monster was going to go all out again. 
Like you, maybe people are relaxing, if, you know. Yeah. Um, and I like the area that Scaregrounds is set up in. Uh, last year they were over in the park area, right near picnic pavilions, and so they were still dealing with muddy ground. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And the year before that, they were partially in parking lot and partially like they were spread all over the place. Right. And this year they are decidedly everything is directly behind the um, or behind and to the side of the roller rink. Oh, okay. And takes up the space between the roller rink and the hangar where the Rose City Rollers practice. Oh, that's cool. that, that gives up a lot of parking. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all on solid ground. It's it, it's really a swell place. There's still access to Oaks Park itself. So you can go ride rides and then go get scared and it, make a whole weekend. Of that's it. cool, though. Yeah, yeah. It's like all one kind of combo thing. Yeah. I think I'm going to go on Friday. I'm going to try. This Friday? Friday? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll talk. We'll talk after. Okay. Cool. cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I need to I need to go to once again. I just, I just want to be around spooky shit. Yep. You know. Uh, I'm going to be real talk. For as much as I was excited about doing this and getting back into haunting, um, I'm going to say how I am at the end of October, but I I may have to find a different outlet because I genuinely might be too old for this shit. Oh, man. Um, like, you just might be like... But are, you just, are you talking about, like, like, the energy to do this for a whole month on top of your regular job? On top of my two other jobs. And... Also, to get real, like this also means that I don't see my partner for a month. Right. I don't contribute to the household in a meaningful way. Like it's a strain. It yeah, it's an emotional and mental and physical strain, and mm-hmm. I have I honestly have to decide whether or not it's worth it. Right. If I was still in my forties, yes. Like right. I did the majority of Fright Town in my forties. True. And yeah. that was manageable. This is this feels different. Yeah. <laughs> the, the soul, the, the heart is like yes. The body's like maybe. It's like <laughs> you need to remember that you have aged. Yes, you can still do a lot. Yes, you, like you're not ready for the nursing home type of thing. You're in your fifties. That's not the end of the world. But it doesn't mean that you should run on a twenty-hour day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm impressed. I, I couldn't do that for a whole month. I don't have that in me anymore. Yeah. I won't even. Uh, I used to like when I was younger. Like if I was going to take vacation, mm-hmm. I would like work, go home, pack, maybe even fly out that same night, have my trip, fly back as late as possible, and then like go straight back to work the next day. Like, like zero buffer time between, you know, before or after a trip and, and work and work day. And I can't do that anymore. I, I always give myself an extra day off after yep. a vacation. Yep. Hell, if I can, I give myself the day before and after. Time. If I can, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but right. right now I'm like back on hourly and I don't, I, I, right. you know, I don't make as much PTO as I used to. Um, 
I know someone, the last few trips they have taken, they have fucking gone to work after they landed. They drop their bag off or they just get a lift and go right to work. Same like, day? What is wrong with you? Well, it's not that bad. I'm like, capitalism. Yeah, that's that's, that's part it. of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like yep. if you, you want to minimize the amount of time that you're not working that isn't covered by your, your, your vacation time. Yeah. Right. Like I have a I have some PTO come oh sorry about that. I just yelled that. I have some PTO coming up in a few weeks. And my supervisor is really cool. He's like, Do you want me to just you can save some PTO and I can just make this your your weekend, your two days off. But it's gonna be a weird emotional day for me. And I'm like, actually no. I would like to use my PTO and then still have to get my schedule two days off. And he's like, Great, you want them all back to back? I was like, you know what? That's cool too. Something weird just happened. Yeah. Nope, we lost cable. There I am. But I didn't touch anything. I don't know. I'm telling you, your computer's haunted. Yeah, that's entirely possible. That's so weird. I mean, it is still a new computer. Or new to... No, it is a new computer. So I have not spent a lot of time with it. I don't know all the ins and outs. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, anyway, where were we? Uh, yeah, it's probably a Trojan horse from McAfee, so that I will buy their services. <laughs> uh, fuck you, McAfee. I mean, if anyone could still keep causing shenanigans from beyond the grave, it would be it would be McAfee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, that's what that was. I'm going to say, like my, you know, days off connected to yes, mm-hmm. you can. Because a vacation is not typically rest. You're, you know, exploring a new place. It can be, but that's not how we have been trained to do that. We've been trained to, you get a limited amount of time off, you You go to somewhere and have to maximize it. I've learned that that is not effective with vacation. That is also not how it's done, the bulk of the world. Yes, like right. Our friend Anna have like a vacation where she'll go somewhere and do things, but also well, there's more mandated time off. <laughs> there's more mandated time off, but you'll also just be like, and for the next three days, I am doing nothing, like taking baths and drinking. Tea. Mm-hmm. So, like yeah. I was going to do yesterday. There you go. <laughs> um, cool. Can you want to jump into a movie really quick? Let's do Lovecraft and we take a break. Yes, that's a better plan. Oh boy. So I only was able, because of being out of town and other commitments that I already made previously, I was only able to make one period of time for Lovecraft. And it was was Sunday from one to five. It was basically just the whole morning, daytime. Because I think they get a later start that day. Right. Uh, There's other programming that happens, uh, but. Started at one day. That's the and so I was able to catch uh, the premiere uh, of the feature of Menor, okay. which we had been excited about. It's the one from Greece. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. And I'm glad I made it. I was actually in the theater across the way for the uh, Lovecraft and the Gun. I only have a little bit of time. I'm only going to do a bunch of shorts, right? Really. Mm-hmm. maximize uh, what I'm watching. And they, you know, the, the card came around for 
menorah and was like right now in the other room and i was like oh shit and i got up and left (laughs) (laughs) sorry to all of the all of the participants of lovecraft under the i really wanted to see uh, menorah and i'm glad i did it was it was really well done it it starts off and you almost get the vibe that it's going to be like a one of those like really sad but beautiful type of horrors where you know it's uh, but they take a turn pretty quickly, and by the end, honestly, I had like Shaun of the Dead vibes. Yeah. It becomes an ensemble. Oh, wow. okay. it, it, you you start the movie and you think it's about this, this sailor uh, who's looking for his father, um, but then weird stuff starts happening in this town, and he ends up teaming up with a bunch of musicians from the local taverna um, to combat this alien invasion basically um and it has a lot of humor and acting is pretty good and uh, i would say like the the biggest mark i would give is that um when the actors are interacting with computer generated aliens it's it's too disconnected that's always hard right Um, especially if it's a lower budget really do a lot right but because it is an entertaining movie and it's, it's a good little story uh, and everyone you know, every every character has their their time uh, in the movie so you, you know them and their motivation right um so really, really glad i i caught that one uh, i really enjoyed it and i would recommend it to anyone if you get to know that i think we have like people i talked about it in December when they make them streaming for the site I'm going to give myself a kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And then after that, I went downstairs to the main theater uh, to catch Short Block, Short Block number three, which was mostly foreign films. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they were, there was some good stuff. I got to see The Weaver, which is uh, about a nurse who does like home care visits. Uh, and this old lady is... Uh, Seems like she might be crazy or unstable, uh, but but then a horror happens. Um, and then a horror happens, and it's horrifying. Um, no, okay, buddy, right, what's going to happen here is a horror, happen here is a horror heinous hag is going to come out. She's going to terrify you. I don't want you to scream like a girl. And, yeah, you want to say like you just scream like a girl. No, no. Action. Uh, the Pit was in this one, which we talked about with Gwen, and I was mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing. Um, and that one was good. It's it's ostensibly a silent film, okay. Uh, but uh, the the story is very effectively told uh, without any dialogue. Uh, it was quick too. It's only oh. nine minutes, right? Um, and this one was English. Um. There's not a lot I can say because it's it's a very straightforward series of events, uh, and I don't want to give anything away. But I liked it. We'll leave, we'll leave it at that. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Canary was um, this. Uh, that one is done in the United States, uh, but it was an all Asian cast. Okay. And the 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 filmmaker uh, who did Q and A afterward, uh, along with the 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 creator of the pit uh 
is also Asian American. And uh, what can I say about Canary? It's it's a little claustrophobic. Pretty much every there's a little bit of flashback uh, that gives you a little bit of an exposition for what's going on with these between these characters. Right. Um, but the whole movie pretty much takes place in this cabinet where there's no light and they're running out of food and they can't go outside. There's something out there. Okay. Uh, but but like real horror comes from the, the dynamic between these guys because one of them is sort of the outsider. He's not part of the group. He's someone. He's the cousin of of someone in the group. Right. And uh, but then that. That person who, who brought the cousin in from outside is not around. Hmm. Okay. So I, I like that you said claustrophobic because um, whenever I hear the word canary, I think of the phrase canary in the yeah. coal mine. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that fits. And I'm sure that might have been intentional. Uh, yes, no, I uh, seen yes. This. I, I, and now I'm going to struggle to remember what the filmmaker said. Uh, but you know, he did talk about how, like, okay, well, there's this dynamic between this character who's outside of the group versus the rest of the group, and he can continue to deal with that, uh, or he can take his chances outside with whatever else is out there, mm-hmm. right? And so it's it's sort of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't. The horror is in both places for this kid, right? Um, that, so that was really well done. Mm-mm-mm. That's cool. In the basement, um, that might have been my least favorite of the lineup. Um, it's two men who are a romantic couple, and they have to go down to the basement uh, because in this in this world. Uh, there's a national alert system uh, whenever there is an anomaly. And when the alert goes off, there's an anomaly in the area and you need to like hunker down somewhere where they can't get to you. And you have to like ignore whatever you think you hear outside because it's the anomaly trying to trick you. Oh, Um, interesting setup. Okay. Yes. It's a very interesting setup. I just was not uh, super a fan of the, acting slash dialogue it didn't feel quite natural okay um so good concept you weren't thrilled with the execution yeah yeah and also like you you really aren't getting a lot about what this anomaly is or or i mean obviously they don't know what it is mm-hmm. but even if they did they wouldn't want to tell you you're not getting That's you're not point. getting much horror from the anomaly it's it's mostly these two guys interacting with Mm -hmm. each other Mm -hmm. while they're down in the basement but but that wasn't particularly compelling (laughs) i i wanted to so i was more like well what what you know are we gonna learn what the anomaly is like what it's doing like why why does it why do you have to hide and ignore anything you think you hear outside because it's probably not actually a person screaming right okay um so again again, that was an interesting one uh but I, i was not a fan of the execution all right. Okay. I like the idea, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A King in Yellow was uh, after that. That one was was really good. It's 
uh, a brother and a sister, and she has lost her hearing, and they have been scouring uh, for these, uh, like, basically uh, uh, some fabled record that if you play it, it's supposed to bring her hearing back. Huh, okay. Uh, And then things go awry. Things go badly. Yes. Uh, And the whole movie is in ASL. There's a little bit of, like, verbal talking, because the brother is not deaf, just the sister. Okay. Um, But so it's, you know, it's essentially, it's a subtitled film. That's cool. Uh, and that one was really well done. You you get a lot of exposition uh, at the beginning, very quickly, very naturally. Okay. As like almost like the period of the film that could be considered the intro. Okay. Uh, and so then you're off and running with the story, and then it, like there isn't there didn't need to be a lot of explanation to to see what was going on. And right. So it's interesting was- how many ways the King in Yellow gets reinterpreted. Um. I feel like every year there's a new take on that at Lovecraft and even in like more popular culture, like the first, um, the first season of true detective on HBO yep. was like totally inspired by the King in yellow. And um, I don't know that one. Cause it's not Lovecraft. Is it? Uh, is it according, one of the, no. according to it, this, it's uh, Robert W. Chambers. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's seen as Lovecraftian. Yeah. It's not like a full-on Clark Austin Smith, whatever his name is, that like was openly like playing in the Lovecraftian mythos. But mm-hmm. well, and it says that the, it's a it's a it's a collection of short stories. So, mm-hmm. is there one particular story that's always being? I don't pull, think you know, so. so. Sourced for this? No, they do always pull from it and stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I've I've never read The King in Yellow, and so I know I knew that. True Detective was an interpretation, but that's because everyone was going, oh, this is a weird take on the King in Yellow. And I'm like, right. I know that title because I go to Lovecraft. Right. But Or there's a lot of people like, oh my god, where do they think of all this weird stuff? And like, you know, Lovecraft and horror fans are like, well, that's the King in Yellow. I mean, yes, it's weird, but it's not like they came up with it. Right. They did a great, their interpretation of it is, is very entertaining for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, cool. Mm-mm-mm. Well, oh, I'm I'm glad that you were able to attend even a smidge of the fest this year. Me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. So weird. Uh, yeah, I I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I, and and Norm, I saw your idea. What it could be? It's it's not that. It's very weird. Weird. Uh, I'll give you the last two. Uh, our Telltale oh, Heart, till- which is uh, speaking of that was things- a space one, right? Uh, space. No. Oh, okay. No, it's it's done in the style of like being in an interrogation room. Okay. And it's just one woman uh, speaking as though she's being uh, like I don't know like interviewed about what happened. Right. Um, and yeah, it's 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 the Telltale Heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last one was called Unknown. Uh, it's about a, a young man who has to go out to where his father lives to help take care of him for a couple days because the last caretaker quit abruptly mm-hmm. and it'll be a couple days before a new one can come. Okay. Uh, and apparently that's not the first time that something like that has happened and there's something weird going on and, and they're a little bit estranged. So it's, 
it was interesting uh and it had a really in a real bang of an ending um but that was one where you didn't get a lot from the dad and I, I felt like there was more there that could have been fleshed out okay well i'm looking forward to december when i can watch them mm-hmm. agreed yeah yeah it'd be nice but overall it's a really great lineup uh if you know if if limited for me yeah so and that is a good reminder for our listeners too that if you weren't in town and or aren't near portland you didn't get to go see this uh they will be putting together a streaming mm-hmm. uh, online version of uh, the film fest uh, sometime in December. So we'll keep you all posted when we get news about when that's going to go up. Yeah, definitely. December's good anyway. I mean, December is the second highest ghost story time of year anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, most famous ghost story is a Christmas story. So, yep. You know, <laughs> Uh, I did not get to see or interact with Brian or Gwen in the in the short time that I was there, mm. uh, but um, thank you to both of them. Yeah, as always. No one really gets to. They are bonkers busy. That oh, weekend. for sure. And for somehow Gwen always ends up pulling off like three outfit changes. Yep. Yeah. Usually by the like, like that final one, she's in like the most casual she can be, but she does like to do. Almost like costume change at this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She does. Like, she'll be in casual wear on the floor in between, but like, as soon as she's announcing one of any of the main features, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she's up there in a ball gown. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Which is great. And, and Brian's the same. He's like in a three piece suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which can't be. I, I have worn a three piece suit in the Hollywood for extended periods of time. That, that place gets warm. Mm-hmm. It's very warm. It sure does. It also gets very cold. It does. Uh, yeah. Well, it's that, old building. Yeah. The main theater is not well regulated temperature wise. No, none of those old theaters were. And it was 80 degrees in the city of Portland this weekend. Oh, I know. That was so bullshit. Yes. Yes. I mean, it certainly made that. I'm, I'm sure that was why we saw so many people at Scarecrow's. So, oh, the weather, people coming out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's possible. Still doesn't mean I like it. No. No, no, sir. Nope, don't like it. Don't well, like it one bit. Before we take a quick little break, uh, I just want to mention I popped into Ridiculous today in, oh, yeah. in Lloyd Center. Mm-hmm. And they have got uh, a pretty cool new contest. It's Creepy Creations Lego Building Contest. So um, this one all is going to be original, basically horror or spooky themed Lego builds. They've got three different age categories. They must be original builds. I mean, clearly you're losing Lego sets. You don't have to, you know, you can, you can kit from others Lego stuff, but it's still got to be your creation. What? No, original creation means you don't work off of any other existing builds. Right. Well, I mean, like you could use like, the, like the vampire mini fig, couldn't you? Well, yes, but that's not that has nothing to I do mean. with yeah. That has nothing to do with the build. When it says uh, my own creation, it means you cannot go, you cannot kit bash this part of this set with this part of this set and this part of this set. Oh, right. It's you need to come up with your own idea and then right. build it from the, yeah. the plate up. 
I guess I meant if you want to do your own take on like the haunted train, yes, you're allowed to do use like the train parts, right, for the basic build, but the rest, yep. you're yeah, that, that that's what I meant, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, you get more details over at brickdiculous.com. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I wish I could participate in this one. Yeah, I wish I could. I mean, I could probably try. I'm just I have no time. I. Like the last one that I participated, the only one that I participated in at this point, like I had set aside a day in September where it's like, I'm not doing anything. I built, no, it was August. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I have this weekend off. I'm going to do this. This is when I want to build it. And I just spent a day building and I built that entire thing in a day. Nice. Um, Uh, Cut off for submitting your entry to this contest is the 28th. Yes. Yeah. Still not going to make it. Still not going to have free time. I'm not talking I, I to know you. that. Same. Oh. Because you already said you're not going to do it. This is true. Seems so mean. Not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. Do this. Hmm? I'm, do- I'm not here anymore. Can't see you. No. <laughs> Nobody home. Okay. We'll be right back? Yeah, we'll be right back. Yeah. Let me, uh, oh, no. What am I looking at? Um. <laughs> What's up? What? We'll be right back. Will, this is a great spot to take a break and talk about our sponsor, Guardian Games. You can find them at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They are quite simply, you know, the Northwest's greatest game store. And, you know, right now is the spooky season, so they have got a special selection of horror-themed games from... You know, really like kind of like dark stuff like Mansions of Madness or like Cthulhu Mythos stuff to real lighthearted things. There's a role playing game that's loosely inspired by uh, Over the Garden Wall. So whether you want it like super dark or a little bit of whimsy for older players or for kids or for a little bit of everything or maybe in between, you will find those at Guardian Games. Um, They also have a great like local creator section, which they keep up all year round. Um, it's right as you enter on one of those tables, it'll be local creators. So, of course, you'll see stuff like Elamet, but you'll see stuff like 10,000-Year-Old Vampire, which is a very emotional and intriguing solo-style RPG where you, you kind of fill out the book as you go. I'm not doing it the best service explaining it, but definitely I recommend checking it out. And then for D&D folks, I do believe Planescape Adventures in the Multiverse drops this coming week. So uh, get down there and get your copy. And when you're down there, thank Guardian Games for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio, which we're going to get back to in a minute. But first, it's not an official ad, but next week an old friend will be joining us for folks who kind of miss some of those chaotic live reads. I have good news, but you will have to turn in for that next week on Geek in the City Radio. But for now, let's get back to this week's show. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are I always love that story of his grandkids telling him that he's famous. He's like, what? And they show him the YouTube video. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, some movies that we've watched. I totally spaced out, and the two horror movies I saw yesterday are not on our list. 
What right. movies did you watch? Uh, I watched, and there's still two I've never seen before. So the first one was 2014's As Above, So Below. Mm-hmm. God, that's good. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I, have you seen it? I, See, I had kept, not heard of it. I kept is... skipping it because I was like, because eh, I've seen a couple movies around the Paris catacombs that are dog shit. Mm. So I just, <laughs> I've just been burned. I was like, I don't want to do it again. Is it about the catacombs? No. I... It's Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Yeah. Through the eyes of a tourist. Okay. Well, she's an archaeologist. Or archaeologist. It's yeah. It fucking fascinating. It is really good. Like I started watching it and I'm like, because you read the description and you're like, okay, she and you even watch the trailer and she's like, there is something very deep in the catacomb. Blah, 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 blah. It's so weird. But then you know the movie starts or or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. And like it opens in Iran. Like these tunnels are yep. about to be bombed, like sealed, because the Iranian government's like, there are idols down there. We don't, you know. So she goes there, and you find out that she's after the Philosopher's Stone, mm-hmm. and then her dad went mad and committed suicide searching for it. I'm like, wait, is this some weird ass, like Dan Brown shit, too? <laughs> um, but it's good, and it definitely gives off like wreck and descent vibes. It gives off a lot of descent vibes. There's a oh, lot yeah. of claustrophobic moments in it. Okay. Yep. And it's it's not it's not presented as found footage as a staple of the genre, but it's there's a film, there's a she hires a videographer to go with her and then he puts head cams on everyone who goes down there with lights. So everything is POV. Every single shot in the movie is POV. There's no second or third person view. I thought that there was some not a lot, but no the very um the very beginning, the Iran scenes. Oh right. But okay. once she hooks up in Paris with the videographer, it goes to first person POV right. every time. It, it was it was good. It was a lot better than I thought and much more intense in times than I expected. Very intense. Yeah. Um, um and I kept trying to figure out why I knew the lead male from and he's from that show uh, Superstore. Oh okay. The America Ferrera show. He's the male lead in that show. So it it is also it's a movie that does not feel safe in any way, shape, or form. At no point do you're like like no one is guaranteed to get out. Yeah. About but, halfway through you do realize like, oh, like our our main character, she doesn't have plot armor. No one has plot armor in this movie. Nope. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. And now I feel kind of dumb for like, oh, I just, I'll pop up in a queue and I'm like, no, no. Sometimes that just happens. Yeah. Like, the, I feel like there's been a couple movies recently that have been like that where I'm like, eh, I'll get to it. I'm like, I should probably not write this off. Right. But um, the other one I saw, I've never seen this series. And I've heard from friends that are like horror aficionados and, you know, have pretty good, you know, was the Insidious movies. I've never seen any of them. And I really, I I think I've only seen like the first two. I don't know why I never got around to it. Maybe it's because like the screen caps I would always be seeing when someone reviewed it. I'm like, eh. Just something about it made me think that like, this isn't going to be for me. I like the actors in it. I mean, fucking love the conjuring series even though they're getting more and more more and more goofy <laughs> and it's the, it's the same act 
It is. It's, it's the, the same actor who plays the dad in that one. And I swear to God, in the first Insidious movie, that looks like the goddamn Conjuring house. The hmm. interior shots of it. I'm like, this is the same sound I think they're in the same universe. They're not. Insidious and Conjuring. They're not. No? Nope. Okay. Uh, Insidious I, has its universe, and The Conjuring has its universe. I think but, it's yeah. the most recent Insidious that is coming out, or has come out. I think it just came out. Is, like, I saw BTS and um, trailer footage for that. Yeah. That was what made me go, oh, I, I think I need to go back to the beginning and watch all of Insidious. Because yeah, Insidious centers around a child character. And they are now an adult. That actor is now an adult. Yeah. And he's still in the movie. It's still the same family. And I'm like, yeah, that's fascinating. I don't see that that often. So apparently I did, I found up like, I'm going to do some reading about it now. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bloom house. Mm-hmm. Just like I think conjuring's bloom house. Mm. So the reason why I realize now I should not have fucking written it off. is this goddamn James Wan. Right. Who did the, it's easy to convince them all. Cause James Wan, worked on the conjuring i think he directed the conjuring also yeah mm-hmm. um so i gave it a shot and i did some more deep dive on it when this was pitched it was pitched as like not just one movie and then it did better so they did a sequel it was the the people pitched the story as a long family arc and they're like, look, we'll make sure every movie has an ending mm-hmm. in case it tanks. And we get it. That's just how Hollywood works. You don't make any money, you don't get a sequel. But it was designed, yeah, like Cable said, to follow this one kid, this one family through an entire generation. Mm-hmm. Wow. I did not realize. I had only seen, I do know now that I, I watched the first two. Because in the first one, uh, he's, you know, like basically possessed by some sort of dark entity. And then yeah. in the second one, that line is like, oh, it's it not turned... your house that's haunted. It's your child. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then in the second one, I think the premise is like, oh, we didn't get it out for reals. We thought we did, but well, it's like, like the first one ends. Like you think it's all done. The kids uh, spoilers for a movie that's, I don't know, a decade old now, <laughs> but like you find out that the dad also, like when he was a kid had something ha- haunting him <sighs> That's why the dad doesn't have any photos of him. Because That's every time a photo's right. taken, that witch woman's in the background. Yes, well, the, I remember now. Yeah, plug your ears, spoilers. So the first Insidious ends with like their version of Tangina being suspicious that something's wrong. She takes a quick picture of the dad, and he's like, why did you do that? You know I hate that. God damn. And he gets really aggro, and he fucking chokes her out. And like kills her. I'm like, holy shit, this movie's almost done. Mm. And right before fucking credits, the family comes in freaking out because the dad's not there. The woman's dead. And like the wife picks up the digital camera and looks at the screen and it's not her husband. It's the witch that has been following him since a kid choking her out is standing there. Mm. So it's like, no, no, it leads right into part two. Um, there is a fun little fucking uh, Easter egg in that movie. There's a part, because the dad, he's a teacher. And there's a scene in his classroom, if you look in the background, it's all of the, there's names written on the board. And it's everyone but Carrie Elwes and Tobias, the guy who plays Jigsaw. Yeah, It's the cast members written down. And then if you get a, it's really quick. When he moves his head, there's a drawing on the blackboard of Jigsaw. Huh. 
And I was like, oh, okay, nice little callback. That's funny. well done. Yeah, because that was also the first saw was James, James Wan. Wan. Yep. Yeah, Norm's right. Like James Wan is like a hit money machine. Like that dude knows how to just. He makes good crowd pleasing movies. I feel like that are not that are good. You know. And he works a lot with Patrick Wilson. Yes, he does. He does like him a lot. Because yeah. he, he's in Insidious. He's in The Conjuring. He's in Aquaman. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I got to give James credit for Aquaman. You could tell, because that movie's bonkers, but I, I actually like it. I find it entertaining. Popcorn movie. I would love it. I would like it a lot more if it were two movies. So, exactly. But I think what James Wan was like, you know what, y'all? We're doing an Aquaman movie. We're doing a movie about a superhero that, for the most part, has been the butt of the joke of the comics world for 50 years. Yep. We may not get to do an Aquaman 2. So, we're going to throw everything in this movie. Black Manta? Yes. Ocean Master? Yes. Underwater fucking war with giant crabs? Yes. All of it. Yep. We're doing it all. Because we may never get another swing at this bat. In, instead, they they got another swing, and uh, there's a rumor floating around that Warner Brothers can't find it. Really? They cannot find Aquaman two on their servers. That's always a good sign. It's finished. Yeah. Like it it was in the can, what? and they've misplaced it. How can be? I, I don't uh, trust anything from James, Warner Brothers right now. Apparently, James Wan also did Saw. Yeah, the very first one. Yeah, the first one. I must have. He's been involved with every saw. But also, he did Malignant, which I did not care for. I saw that one. Yeah, I did. I liked that one, but I liked. I could see the ridiculousness of it coming, Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, And maybe, maybe I would feel differently if I had expected it to be ridiculous, but I didn't. Uh, And uh, I, I thought they were being pretty genuine. About it, and so I was like, "This is not good." Um, I don't know. I, I I know I'm alone in that. I know everyone likes it. Not everyone likes I it. I don't think it, I've seen *Malignant*. Uh, it's 2021. It was uh, straight to Netflix. Not Netflix. It was straight to HBO. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it never had a theatrical release. Hmm. So like, and everyone was at home so, still. Oh yeah, I so. never saw it. Huh. It's uh. It is preposterous. All right. And takes place in Seattle. The The opening scene is so absurd. I thought that they were going to yell cut and then walk off of a set. Like, really? like as though the first scene is a, a, a misdirect because it's actually a movie that's being filmed mm-hmm. is okay. how the movie starts. Uh, but it was not. That was that, that. That's really what was happening in the story. And I like from that moment, they, they lost me. Right. Huh. That makes sense. I might check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm just going, I'm on his Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. For the most part, like, he's a hit machine. Yeah. Uh, I have yeah. also watched some horror movies that aren't on the list. Um, <laughs> right. I have watched the first two installments of the Jeepers Creepers movie series. <laughs> Which I had never seen before. I've seen the first two. I saw the first one and I don't remember anything about it. I realized watching the second one, I'm like, oh, I have seen this. I've seen, why did I watch the second one and never the first one? The <laughs> first one stars Justin Long. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I keep forgetting. It's like, dude, you do a lot of horror movies. Why do you do a lot of horror movies? But it, it, he seems to enjoy it. So good for him. Um, uh, yes, Norm. Watch yeah. Barbarian. Yeah, How have watch, you not watched it yet? Watch Barbarian. Really? That's a question? Yep. Watch Barbarian. Do not ask anybody else about nope. any other information. Don't read anything about it. Go in as go in as clean slate as you can. Mm-hmm. That That is the only advice that we'll say about Barbarian. Yeah. Watch it and know nothing about it. Right. Because uh, fuck. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize Justin Long was in Jeepers Creepers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the first Jeepers Creepers follows a brother and sister... Mm-hmm. Traveling cross country through rural southern areas, and they encounter a thing. It like it has very like it's supposed to have a very Texas Chainsaw Massacre, very um, Friday the Friday Thirteenth vibes in its career. Yeah, but it goes a little beyond that. It does kind of have they they do an interesting job of kind of creating the myth and mythology of this creature yep. like pretty quickly in the movie which the they which they expand upon in Jeepers Creepers 2 and I'm like oh this is the movie that I remember where they talk about oh it's this thing that does all these things um, there was a third one that I haven't watched yet oh, if I can find that I'll watch that um, I think they've done four they have done four and there's also a fan made film that came out mm-hmm. that is higher rated than like two or three or four. That's right. Uh, the fourth I, one, uh, they changed directors. Yeah. I do think it's funny. Every time I watched it, I remember thinking when I saw the first one, the first time I was like, okay, the monster's cool. And I get like the truck, like I get the vibe they're going for. I'm like, mm-hmm. where did he have a chance to get a personalized license plate? Right. <laughs> That's it, Every time I see it, I chuckle. I just imagine him in the like, DMV. Why do you have this? Yeah. Oh, creeper. Yeah, uh, the other one that I that we watched um, together that Merrick and I watched together was Vampires versus the Bronx. That was fun. I missed that one. It's still on Netflix. Like it's a Netflix original movie. Mm-hmm. Um, if you well, here's my high praise for this movie. If you like the Monster Squad, watch Vampires versus the Bronx. Yeah. Or if you like Attack the Block, yep. watch Vampires versus the Block. I was going to say, I am like, I get the feeling that it's. It's, uh, it's right. Like attack the block. Yeah. yeah, it is very much in that vein. Um, I appreciate the fact that. I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm starting to conflate two movies. Um, I I like the fact that for the most part, Vampires versus the Bronx is bloodless. There are still deaths, but it is. It is not gore heavy. It is focused around kids doing the right thing, and it, it's great. It, it's a lot of fun. It it was definitely a oh, this is enjoyable. I am glad we watched this. Yeah, and I, I was I was like this. I went into it thinking like, all right, this looks cute. Yeah, like I know I'm gonna have a good time. It may not like break any new ground, but I was like, and it doesn't really. Yep. But it does a really good job of the story it's trying to tell. It does yeah. a good job of that. Oh, yeah, The Faculty was the other one that I watched. Oh, The Faculty. I never watched that when it came out, and it was really fun. And it was, when I said it was conflating movies, it's, that movie is the one I'm like, oh, right. And the kids don't actually kill anybody. Is that right? Yeah, I remember not 
wanting to watch it because I was kind of, that was the era where it was, I know what you did last summer, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm kind of tired of this yep. sexy high school horror genre. I yep. I'm burned out. I, I would have been. Was it high school? I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, it was high school. Oh, no, you know, I'm complaining it with a movie that Joshua Jackson is that it is in college and it's like some sort of secret society thing. Yeah, yeah. As I soon did. as I pulled up the faculty, skull, I was like, wait, where's Joshua? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, I was like, wait, Josh Harnett and Elijah Wood. This is not the movie. But I was also, of. isn't that a Robert Rodriguez movie? The fact it is, which I didn't realize. That's what I. That's what I remember. I went back and I was like, but it's Robert Rodriguez. So I got I'm to go the, back and watch it. Yeah, I got to the end and went, wait, directed by Robert Rodriguez, and then wait, written by Kevin Williamson. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? What did I just? It, it's one of those that you go back and watch it. It's like, oh, that's where all of these people fucking came from. That was another one of those. This, there were a lot of connections that got made from that movie. Nice, like yeah. Robert Patrick was in it at the height. Like he, he was just a couple of years off of the height of being the T one thousand. Yeah, probably so, this would have been right before his stint on X Files. Yep. So he was totally stunt cast as like, oh yeah, we're totally doing this guy because he's he's everyone will know he's the bad guy. Oh, it's just the skulls. Yeah. And same with uh, Piper Laurie. Like, it was only a few years after Twin Peaks is in. So, like, people who knew her from Twin Peaks was like, oh, yeah, she's going to be a bad guy. And she was. Yeah, that that late 90s and early aughts era of horror was, like, would be interesting to go back and talk about its, like, cultural influences and what influenced it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of the, it's, well, not, not to get all super political, but it's one of those things where, like, you can say something about a lot of stuff. Like, 9-11 changed the horror genre for a long time. Yeah, it did. A lot. Like, it all of a sudden, like, it... it sh- and horror... That's the cool thing with horror. Horror always reflects the culture. I yep. think better than any other genre. Mm-hmm. Horror will always do it. Um, someone did a study one time that you get... What was it? You get good vampire movies... When I think when it's a democratic president, vampire movies come out during the democratic and administrations. Zombie. zombie movies during Republican yeah. administrations. Yeah, you Merrick. can go back like thirty. It is Merrick pulled that out. That's oh, I've read it somewhere too. Yeah. She might have read. It. She may have read it, but yeah. she's been saying that to me for years. Yes. Yeah. Um, like I think within the first year that we were dating, <laughs> she brought it that up. Yeah. I think David Walker's done a piece on that before too yeah Yeah. i mean like on the surface you can see it's like oh right that makes sense because you oh there's a bunch of stuff on it now yeah politically you equate uh, vampirism with socialism and democrats are always pushing for social like you're just sucking the blood off of the people that are really working for things. Yeah. And Whereas, there's also the thought about like it's a it's a sexy seduction. Yeah. And vampires are um or zombies are mindless consumerism. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yep, that makes that makes sense. Rampant unchecked capitalism. Yeah. Shocking. Um <laughs> but yeah. That's cool. We only, uh, a few, like, we only got a few minutes left. What yeah. you, Bean, you got a couple of rude. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to. I forgot to bring my charger, and the computer's all like you have. 
11% battery left. We got to talk about your movies. Um, <sighs> no, okay, so I'm actually really behind. I was really in anticipating like powering through, but I didn't get started early enough like I wanted to. And then I was out of town for almost a week. Um, I've only seen seven movies so far. No one is keeping score. You're doing fine. I and have. I set goals mm-hmm. for myself, Cable. And no you're seeing them on the list. You notice that Cable and I have not. We're just. We're just fucking around. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. This is. I. I want to. I and want have, to do and this. Have and... time. You can talk as long as you want. I'll make it work. Um, I am. I was just giving you a hard time. Um, so I've seen seven movies so far. And of those, one, two, three, four of them were new to me. The rest of them I've seen before and I liked them. So I was like, yeah, I'll watch these again. Um, this is off of the Mopop 100 yes, movies. Yes, as, as discussed, uh, 100 plus. Um, and I've been posting about it online whenever I remember to, so that if anyone uh, listening wanted to follow along, we could do that. Um, highlights of this past, well, we'll say the, the past week of watching. Um, I had not seen Night of the Living Dead, and now I have it, and it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to like seeing more of, of his movies and, and how they how he progresses and right, you know like how the different eras influence both how the movies are made, but yeah. also what the story the story that, that's being told. It's still the best. Um, it's still very good. Yeah, it's. What I didn't expect is that it's it's really not about the zombies. It's about everyone clashing uh in this yep. you know because they're they're confined it's, it's a claustrophobic it, it, like the mist, the mm. mist he is was the very... first one to do that with the zombie genre mm. um and i had not i didn't know that that's what it was like so that was a that was really interesting to see uh Hoxon, which you recommended is mm-hmm. a german film from 1922 i believe it was german yes, mm-hmm. so. um that one was almost like a documentary it was it has it, it relies on all of this old art uh, from like the dark ages and and forward, um, and it was it was very like factual about like the history of witches uh, in in our societies, um, primarily in European. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's yeah. a European film. Um, yeah, like it's it's about the folklore and uh, you know the witch witch hunting, you know, and like. Uh, their own, like uh, we have in the United States, the the Salem witch trials, uh, and that that was like one period of frenzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Europe, that shit was going on all the time, and the yeah. church was, you know, really active. Yes, in that. it was. And like whole towns would be destroyed, whole villages would just like implode uh, because every little thing is like, oh, that's that's a sign that you're a witch. Yep. Um, the one part that I thought was really amusing was when they're talking about their witches flying ointment mm-hmm. and they show pictures of what they, the movie is all like a tons of reenactments essentially. Uh, and they would show uh, one woman rubbing it on the back of another woman. And I was like, that's not where they put that. It's not, where, <laughs> it's they put not it. where they put that. No, um, your back does not absorb very quickly. No. Uh, and for those of you not in the know, uh, the, 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 I guess real lore is that uh, you, it's 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 psychedelic mm-hmm. uh, materials that they make into an ointment, and then you rub that on your. <laughs> uh, you could say vagina. I know. Uh, <laughs> he's being weird. Um, oh no! What, what was it? They would rub it on their broomsticks, and then that way, when they ride mm-hmm. the broomstick, you're getting it 
in your genitals and uh, thus absorbing it. And then you're going on these psychedelic flying trips. Yeah. Um, that's the lore. Anyway. I also like how Fardo Haxon is also like, also, this is just how they treated like women that spoke for yeah. themselves. Ugly oh, women. Also, old we're still women, doing it, by the way. Poor women. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was in 1922. Yeah. Yep. Um, I rewatched A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Still, God, still wonderful, still beautiful. It's, it's all the vibes. Um, I finally saw Phantom of the Opera, which I'd never seen before. And uh, the, the 1989. Robert Englund yeah. version is one of my all-time favorite movies from growing up. Oh, yeah, that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Child's Play, Carrie, uh, The Lost Boys, all movies that I watched at some point or another in my life. Mo- I'm going to guess mostly as a kid and have not seen since. Um, what did you think of Phantom? Um, in and of itself, it's, it's hard to like really critique it because I know the story already. Sure. But what I really enjoyed was um, seeing how it influenced all of the other iterations that I am familiar with. Like, right. I would have mm. to spend more time with it, but I'm pretty sure that like some of the music from the film is is in the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Yes, he like, took like some they, of that. they they took some of that and then like you know fleshed it out and made it a modern for that time. Uh, like I, I'm like I could hear it, you know. Um, I'm I'm still impressed with the shit that Lon Chaney pulled off in 1925. Mm. Uh, there's a scene where uh, it's the first time that the that the Phantom takes Christine down the catacombs into a secret lair mm-hmm. deep below the opera house, um, and that that series of that that bit of footage, I think, directly inspired the set pieces for the Phantom of the Opera like the musical when I went to go see the musical they had this really cool moving set that showed you know them moving down the stairs and then like you know on a little gondola in Mm -hmm. this like underwater underground uh, waterways and I'm like that looks exactly like the stage I saw yeah so it makes sense uh, and then there's a, a scene with a room full of mirrors and uh, I think it's like the big climactic moment at the end of the 89 horror uh, where Christine breaks a bunch of mirrors and it's like this like symbolic breaking the cycle of getting away from the phantom. Right. And I was like, okay, I see where they got that. Yeah. So it was really cool to see all of those connections and like how this one movie that's now a hundred years old, like has, has is so held on to and influencing retellings in a very like clear, not cut and paste, but like you see like, Oh, that you, that you directly pulled that from the original. Yeah. Uh, almost, you know, almost a hundred years later. They follow the original story pretty well. The novel. Mm-hmm. I, this is one of those things too, that I like to have that like thought experiment is what would have happened if Lon Chaney hadn't passed away? Cause he was slated to play Dracula. Um, in well, the one that be you know defined Bela Lugosi's career, oh. right. that's who Universal was going to use, and he passed away. Mm. Um, he did his own makeup. He did his own everything. Um, no footage, no movie exists anymore, but you can still find footage from his "The Man Who Laughs." Mm. Um, it's the images are terrifying, which is clearly where when Bill Finger created the Joker is based on "The Man Who Laughs." Oh, what I will say is that, like, when you when you actually see the the Phantom's real face, mm-hmm. it's kind of cheesy. It is, but he basically did that with tape and like spirit gum. Mm-hmm. 
because nothing else existed, mm-hmm. you know. But if you're if if you're a young film goer in 1925, that shit is shocking as hell. <laughs> and and here's the thing: is like I'm pretty sure I've seen that face a billion times. Oh, you have. Yeah. Uh, I but I never knew that it was that's the Phantom's real face. Yeah. Yep. It's just one of those things, you know. It's so ubiquitous. <laughs> I think I was obsessed with the Universal Monsters as a kid, so I knew yeah, that, was, that was right. What and I like. and I really didn't grow up with, with Universal. Yeah. And I did. I mean, I'm still. I mean, you guys all know. Like that's always good. Yep. That whole era, the atmosphere, the vibe. I just love it. I love it. All of it. I know they're not the best horror films, but I just, I mean, they were great for the time. Yeah. And I just love them. I love the atmosphere. I love the sets. There's something about that. You know, I love that universal still does like a classic monsters is one of their haunts every year. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I will get to see something. Again, maybe we'll shoot for next year. Yeah. Uh, The other eighties stuff that I watched, it all still holds up, man. Lost boys is like so quintessentially eighties. The yeah. scene with the band at the beach party, like yeah. the, the you didn't need this scene. You just wanted to put a band in your movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fucking Joel Schumacher, man. Yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> peak Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. Um, I I was we were never gonna get it, but there was always that long rumored Lost Girls sequel. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Because the movie ends with the grandpa being like, "There's only one problem with this town: all the goddamn vampires." And the proposed sequel is that. He's a werewolf, and his granddaughter is a werewolf, and Santa Cruz has these... He's, like, one of the few male werewolves. The rest are run by women. That's and really cute. <laughs> it's super cute. Yeah, and I was like, I would watch a sequel called The Lost Girls, and it's just werewolves yeah. now trying to retake Santa Cruz from all the goddamn vampires. <laughs> Uh, if anyone wants to watch or revisit any of these movies between now and next week, uh, this is probably what I will have watched, and we can talk about it. Uh, okay. Shaun of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, but that one's not streaming anywhere, so you got to go out and rent it, uh, or maybe buy it. Uh, the Fly, 1986, not the uh, not the OG one. Right. Uh, Poltergeist, uh, uh, the student from Prague, I believe is is what it translates to. Der Student von Prague. Oh, where is that streaming at? I don't know, but it's from 1913. Der uh, Student von Prague. Uh-huh. And um, uh, and then uh, one that I'm actually like li- really interested in, uh, Le You Sans Visage, Eyes Without a Face. So here's the thing that I, I find it interesting. I'm glad that you jumped on this as far as something to do for yourself and for the show. Um, and I know it was driven by the fact that we saw that this year at the, at, when we went to Mopop back in May. Um, but if you have been watching the, what all of the movie theaters in Portland have been pulling out for their, for this month, Mm -hmm. it's all shit from this list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like to the degree that I'm like, you're just doing the Mopop list, aren't you? I mean, here's the thing. Mopop is not wrong when they made this list. Mm -hmm. You like, you like. You, we watched the reel. We watched the whole reel at, yeah. the, mm-hmm. at the museum, and I'm like, either I haven't seen it or I saw it, and it is, and it is in fact a great movie. So the other half of that equation is like, they're all good. You yep. should watch them. They are, you know, groundbreaking films. They are historic. They are top notch storytelling. Right. You know, there's not a there's not a 
dud in the bunch, I don't think. Not really. There um, may be some that may not be to someone's personal taste. But sure. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel like I'm going to have a hard time getting me to watch Rosemary's Baby. It's, yeah. It's First off, it's very 70s. It, it, I watched it semi-recently, and it's, I'm like, it, for me, it still gets back to fuck Roman Polanski. Yeah, it's so hard. Like, I don't want to watch anything that he's directing. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I get it. I get its place in this. I think I missed the fact that it was a Roman Polanski when I watched it. Yeah. I would curious to see once you both, if you both are able to watch Horror at Dracula before the season's over. The it's Christopher Lee's the yeah. first Hammer, Christopher Lee's first outing as Dracula, which should it so, is so it good. is on various free streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, that's that is one of the nice things about IMDb uh, as um, of late is it does link give you links to where it's streaming. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you both to see whatever happened to Baby Jane. I really, I've been Damn, wanting, I I've been wanting to see that for a long time. Yeah. It's a, it's really popular uh, in the drag community. It gets referenced a lot, and Shocking. so I've been, I've been aware of it for a long time now. It's, and... it's very dramatic. <laughs> uh, in fact, Christian watched it recently, not, not for the first time, but he was just like home, and I wasn't, and he watched it, and then he told me, and I was like, oh, I would have watched that with you. Uh, so, yeah. Um, the horror of Dracula is on Max. Excellent. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, Max has been uh, coming in real clutch for a lot of these. Yeah. That yeah. and Prime. And um, there's a couple of them out there that are free, but they have commercials. Like, Tubi has been sleeping in some kind of cool horror. That's like where... Crackle and, yeah, I've been watching some stuff on Tubi. And I don't know what it is, but there is a streaming service that's connected to your library. You have a library card. I'll look it up. I'll text you guys. That's cool. I, I, and, I've and heard you're allowed, of it. You're like, you get like 10 viewings a month. Yep. So you, yeah, and it literally it's connected to your library card. No mm-hmm. matter what library you go to, it's a national library service. Oh, not like Libby, where like you can still only check out a book uh, for uh, an audiobook or an ebook if it's available in your library. No, this is a it's like a national service. I'm not quite sure how it works, but they do have your your library card number connected to how much you can watch per month. They do limit, and and, and honestly, that's probably because. If it's completely free, all these Someone's libraries, for all these mm-hmm. libraries are kicking in bandwidth money. And Canopy rights. with a K. That's it. I, I'm I'm gonna be surprised here for a moment. Hmm. You haven't seen Child's Play? Nope. Never had a desire to. I've, Nothing about Chucky makes me think I want to watch this. I watched all of them up to uh, Ride of Chucky, I think, or the, maybe maybe a second one that includes what? her. Yeah, the, I, the first I, one is a classic, man. I know. Like, I don't like it, but I've still seen it. There is a part in the beginning of the movie that I was like, hold on. This is really, I've never thought about this before. Is this a plot hole? Why does he have this arcane knowledge? Uh, but then it, it fully gets, like, you, you see that it's part of the plot. Yeah. And so, and I had not remembered that. So Also, it's Brad Dorf. Of course, he has arcane knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will go, but it's. It's within the last few years. Also, I've been told that the Child's Play show is very good. I have heard that as well. Um, but the thing that turned me around on it, because just, and it's not that I don't love camp. Like, I fucking love camp. But something about it, I just didn't do it for me. But then last couple of years ago, there was a documentary about how American horror is perceived around the world. And that in, Fr- in France, there is still a culture of, the enjoyment of the absurd. 
okay. as a form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And this documentary was like, not as a, not overall, but they're like, as a rule, the Chucky films in France are viewed as like these absurdist masterpieces that are comments mm. on consumerism. And they just, they're like, they're up there. Like they hold them in much higher regard than they're treated here. Interesting. Yeah. Much the same way as uh, Jerry Lewis movies were. Also, I'm like, seeing right. here yes. that the Chucky, the new show, which by the way, already has three seasons. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, Includes Alex Vincent, the star of the Chucky movies. Yeah. Well, the other star. Yeah. The not Brad Dourif. The child. (laughs) Yeah, he's Andy. I think that that's another one of those where it's been, like, I don't think they intended to do that, but they have, they do keep revisiting the first kid from Chucky Mm. or from Child's Play and bringing him back. Also, real talk, I'm down to 4%. All right, let's wrap it up. (laughs) Sorry. I got to remember to bring my charger next time. Yep. Yes. Sorry. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Aaron Duran. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm Dina Rita. And I'm Cable Hashitani. We will talk to everybody next week. <laughs> <laughs>